Welcome back, boys and girls, to the Texas Podcast Massacre. I am indeed your host, Hank Rodriguez. And alongside me are the, the horror experts slash co-hosts. We got James Dean. How you doing today, sir? Doing fantastic. Happy to be here. And we have a special, special co-host today. The birthday boy. <laughs> Derek O. It's my birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, I know Thank I told you, you off, off, off the uh, podcast, but... Telling you again for the, our, all our lovely listeners Thank uh, you. that enjoy our show. Uh, ha- happy birthday. How do you feel today? <clears throat> I feel great. Feel great? I feel great on the day of my birth. Mm. It, it is a good day of birth. Today. It is you good... look good for the big 7-0, so. That's... Oh, hey, aren't you older than him? Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 I want to talk about silent films tonight <laughs> and the Nosferatu and the, all the non-words he says. <laughs> I almost put Nosferatu on this list. Uh, well, I know because you're the older one. I like to call it experience. And so, and, and you like, know, uh, we're going to talk about Birth of a Nation. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> the first horror film. Kidding. Anyways. Nice. Any, anyways. I bet yes, you, thank you. I feel great for my birthday. That's awesome. I bet your I bet James's favorite movie growing up was seriously Citizens Kane. Citizens Kane? Citizen Kane, sorry. <laughs> I I'm I'm seventy. I walk with the Citizens Kane. Now. <laughs> I was, yeah. James got me. I, I, I do I do want to talk about that. I do want to talk about it because uh, in previous episodes, I before you even came along this journey, sir, um I was I was uh, I was uh, bullied. Uh, I, I was put down. <laughs> I was horror shamed uh, for for having a certain particular movie on my list. Not they live, thanks, Janie, but also Gremlins. And you said Gremlins was not a horror movie, and you didn't even specifically say it was horror adjacent. Yeah, I did. I'm gonna have to look back on That's that. That's how the whole horror Jason thing started. Back, it was back literally. Check. It was. It was uh, okay. Maybe. Anyways. It was they live. That was but, horror Jason. So, but so okay. so then so then James comes in. We had the whole in. conversation about ghoulies versus gremlins. Yeah. Exactly, jerk. So anyway, the reason I bring it up is because James got uh, Derek a gremlins pop. Is it called pop dolls? Pop, pop Funko. Fun- Funko pop. Funko pop. To- toys. Dolls? We'll just call them Funko Pop. Yes, they're Funko dolls. Pops. They're, they're Funko dolls. Pops. They're dolls. I like to collect all my dolls. <laughs> a Gremlin Funko Pop. So, it's non-horror. First off, is there something I had to give Derek a horror item for his birthday? First off, it is horror adjacent. Oh they are God. monsters. So, it's a movie I enjoy. Just because it's not, I don't qualify it. Drinking my tea. Yeah. He's dragging you out. What an asshole. Well, okay, so... You're like a professional so, asshole. You take it to the professional level. <laughs> you get the badge. You get the asshole badge. Um, it, was, it was a very nice gesture. It was. It was the flashing gremlin who's the best gremlin of yeah. all. And I think James saw it because he know, knew, knew that last time I bought Pop Funkos for one of the giveaways, I brought, uh, we had at work for the horror club, I got the girly gremlin that we gotcha. gave, gave away. Yeah. Um, so... But this is far better. Like yeah, I didn't he had see, the regular gremlin on his work desk. I had the regular gremlin on my work desk, but now I get the flashing the gremlin. Flashing, nice. I'm, I'm going to put him out for everybody to see his business. His business. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm around, he's going to be out. If I don't like you, you're going to get the flashing <laughs> gremlin. And just so you know, James, I'm just totally kidding. I, I assume. Okay. All right. I'm well, a big boy. I got thick skin. I'm I good. know. I don't. 
I know the baby. You have all nerves. You're like a big penis man. Jamie, they're making fun of me. Full of veins and nerves. Yeah, all you are. If I rub your head, anyway. Don't bring Janie into this. She's a sweet gal, and we're gonna have her on the show sometime. Yes. I'm trying to convince her to come to the Christmas party so we can have gentlemen and lady debates in fancy clothes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> to be a, a gentleman's podcast. A gentleman's podcast. I wonder Live. if you can get away with that. <laughs> I mean, it would be technically be off company ground, so I don't see Ooh. why you couldn't actually do that. But At the Tobin, be fancy? Anyway. Swank, swanky. <laughs> she said she was going to wear a glove and slap you with it to That's challenge right. you to a, a right. duel. To a duel. That's a, you, sir, are rapscallion. <laughs> you have besmirched me on a... <laughs> you, have, you have besmirched the name of my house by, by saying they live is not a horror movie. I like how you were taking real south, real southern... <laughs> I like it. And she's Korean. She probably do it too. I, I don't see nationality Color. because it's a Oh podcast. my God. Well, because it's a podcast. Yeah, oh, so <laughs> legitimately, I can't see anybody. That's true. All right. That's right. Well, that was a fun conversation. Yeah. Anyway, guys. That was, that was great. Uh, welcome again. Uh, so, what did y'all watch this week? Watch a lot. You want to go first? Because yeah. it seems like you had some stuff you really wanted to talk about. No, not really. Anything Derek okay. says goes. <laughs> it's his birthday today, so you, you have to go first. What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, um, so first off, I started watching, um, I caved in and started watching The Lighthouse. Um, uh, uh, we'll say in a pirated sense. Uh, but so I started watching The, the Lighthouse. Uh, but I did not finish it because I had a, a family emergency that popped up. But the 35 minutes I watched, I in, truly enjoyed. So I can't wait to follow or finish that so I can follow it up with the full discussion. But gotcha. yes. it was living up to my expectation. Um, and then I did watch, uh, my mind is blanking. I watched an older film I hadn't seen before. And I'm literally blanking on it. Why don't you uh, talk about some things you... <laughs> Um, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. You know, I, I, I watched a lot of action movies in preparation for our other podcast we're going to do. Woo. So the only movie that I did watch like this week that was kind of like horror related was Maniac Cop. Oh, it's good. I mean, um, came wrong with that. Yeah, no. I mean, I hadn't seen, I haven't watched it in a while. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. So I got home. I'm going to gonna put it on. Tonight, birthday tradition every year, um, I was watching Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. So that's always like a... Uh, thing I do every year on my birthday before I go to go to bed for the evening. So I will probably go home and fall asleep to people craving more brains. That's um, always a good time. Yeah. And uh, great soundtrack too. So it is. Do you, um, do, you, do you have a birthday birthday uh, movie you watch? No, I do not. Oh. Uh, I stopped celebrating my birthday 20 years ago. So. so here's a funny story. Here's why I started doing it. <clears throat> so I was born on Thanksgiving. And nice. So when I was growing up, that's always when everybody celebrated my birthday because yep. it just happened to be that it fall, fell on that day and people are coming over and you have family over and they have turkey and they have pie and hey, happy birthday to you, which is great. Fast forward to when you're an adult and you spent the last like 20 years of your life celebrating your birthday on Thanksgiving that people will still call you on Thanksgiving and say, happy birthday to you. 
and you're like, well, it's the 28th and my birthday is the 24th. So like, it's definitely, thank you, mom. Appreciate that. Um, it's every seven years. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't fall back to me every year. Um, so it just kind of got funny. I was like, screw this. I'm going to make my own traditions on, on, on my birthday. So um, it was always something like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a movie. I'm going to make birthday traditions. So two traditions in my house. Um, one is it, when it's your birthday, you got to go around the table and you got to say something that you love about the person. So, you know, nice. family. So I may force my, my kids and my wife to say great things about me. <laughs> and I would say the person who gives you the best compliment gets the last piece of pie or cake or whatever. Um, so I really make a battle royale style for it. You gotta well, work. You gotta work for it. Let's um, do that. I want to do that. Can we do that right now, James? It sounds like the craziest echo in here. Okay, I'll I feel close. Like there should be bats. Well, hanging from the ceiling right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I hear it too. But it's it's because it's hot in here. There are. Well, it's fine. You're hot. Mm. What are you gonna say? I know. That's a, All right. That's a, sorry. You bring getting us heated. You bring the milkshake to the yard. I never had a birthday tradition, but I do because I'm a twin. Like we always try to do something kind of crazy. People love my twin brother. Me, they're kind of. James, take I, love, a lead. I love you both. But my twin brother, they love. So, but it, my birthday was always a big deal. But I will say, one of my funnest birthdays was actually two years ago, uh, which uh, me and my twin brother don't can see each other that often anymore. Now we live two separate sides of the country. But um, we went to uh, these cabins up in the Big Bear Mountains, and uh, we stayed in a Twin Peaks, the Twin Peaks Lodge. Nice. Which is a whole cabin devoted. In fact, there wow. was even a little. The little red room, uh, which had it was so much fun. I ended up fracturing my ankle on my birthday, but it ended up being really fun. Yeah, it was really bad. I I slipped on black ice, and my whole body fell on like my ankle caved inward. My whole body fell straight down, instead of like to the side. A very Jason esque moment. Oh, it was rough, dude. But um, anyways, but it was super fun, and that was one of my favorite birthdays. And my twin brother's a giant. David Lynch and Twin Peaks fan, so it was really cool. But that's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that because Twin Peaks has a whole different meaning here in Texas. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I also discovered that. I, I, I didn't realize that as well, and I was like, wow, they have a David Lynch-themed <laughs> restaurant in here? Let's go. And so, I'm like, wow, i got to go check that out. Like, bring the family along yeah. and go to Twin Peaks. And boobs somebody's and like, cheeks. nope. It's like the Texas version of Hooters. Yeah, just boobs and butt cheeks. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, let's go. I'm going to go by myself. <laughs> Even though there's a single man that just would be too awkward. But I go by there, and I see, like, dudes on dates. And I'm like, what kind of... Oh yeah, Texas is weird. What type of DB? I know, right? Brings his date. But I see like, like, like people like business, like not just like men, but men and women like in business things there. I see families. I'm like, for boobs and butt cheeks. I, I actually so had, I like, I had a date cheeks? invite me up to Twin Peaks once, and I was really? like, I'm not. I'm. To me, did you go? I went. Yeah, I mean, it was a date. You know, All right. but like, I was like, it's, it's just not my cup of tea. It's weird, awkward. No. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Just uh. It's just very interesting to me. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say we can continue your tradition to tell you something nice before we jump into trashing people. Sure. Let's do oh, it. Tell okay. us something nice about you, sir. Uh, <clears throat> you are a general, a leader, and uh, a day without you is a day without sunshine. Oh, thanks. Just uh, throwing thanks, it out there. Thanks, buddy. I did, I did not script any of this. Just let you the listening audience know. Top, this is totally Top different. that. Slid just, slid, slid a, just slid a fiver our, each our way. I, that's right. I don't have any cake left, people, so just let <laughs> you know. Uh, you are a scholar and a gentleman. Um, Agreed. Oh, all right. Uh, you are a... Uh, I got scholar on his. So. You, you are a bastion <laughs> of kindness and generosity, and uh, you're pretty good looking. Uh, Touche. Yeah. Thank you. I, I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm honored to be here with you with two fine gentlemen. Um, 
about to unleash holy trash talk about <laughs> That's people, the best people part. in horror. This is great. So we get all the nice eyes away. I feel like. Yeah, I think I think we cleanse ourselves of cleanse niceness. Ourselves the nicest, and we're gonna now Just talk mad shit. We're, we're gonna bring the pain. We're gonna bring the pain on some people. So Chris Rock in 06. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So what we're gonna do? Uh, each of y'all is going to have an opportunity to talk about someone y'all dislike very much. And uh, it, I guess it was in the horror genre specifically? Yeah. yeah. Okay, didn't that? Anybody. That? Could be anybody. Okay. You just brought up like people from high school or something? <laughs> no, like, 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 like people right. like actresses or Reggie actors. Reggie Fitzgerald, you fucking suck. <laughs> I know. Because that's a bit, we can, we can open that door. Yeah, that, oh, that's boy. a new podcast. That's a whole podcast. That's, that's, a, that's a daily that's podcast. That's right. It's going to be called Fuck You High School. <laughs> just like Steve Buscemi and fucking uh, Billy Madison where you just crossing the uh-huh. off the list. And then put and a lipstick on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I called that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, birthday boy, you get to choose who goes first, either you or James. I guess I'll go first. Do it. Um, I, I had to pick, so I thought long and hard about this because it was hard to really pick somebody in horror that I truly hated or like, yeah, just truly hated. And we said last week that Yule Bull doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, in the realm of anybody's conversations, we don't bring, we don't say his name. Um, so I'm going to say the person that I think fucking sucks is Victor Silva. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I thought about it. But he made powder. That's even worse. <laughs> that was his yeah. So, first and foremost, I fucking hate that movie. I hate it. I hate, I hate that movie. All my female friends loved it, and I could no. not understand you it. You know why? It's just because a pasty white boy doesn't have any hair. Yeah, that's why. Was <laughs> <laughs> that Donovan Leach? Who was that? I it, was, uh, it was actually Sean Patrick Flannery. That's right, Sean Patrick Flannery. That's right. And see what he did afterwards, folks? He did Boondock Saints. Yeah, which is... See? See what you drove him to, Victor Silva? You made him made Boondock Saints. I have a feeling a big... I bet... I would say 50% of our listeners probably love Boondock Saints, but that's a whole separate... That's a whole... That's Can also a separate podcast yeah. as well. We, <laughs> we will not go into detail about that. Um, <laughs> what I will say is, down. yes, there's a lot of shitty people in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and they do a lot of shitty things. Like, And I'm pretty sure there's more that we don't know in mainstream, yeah, mainstream Hollywood. And I know this is just one guy... But I had to, I looked at it from two ways, and the reason why I hate him is number one, I think short of Jeepers Creepers one, and the creeper itself, who I think is a pretty cool character. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is like the only redeeming piece of work this guy has done. He's a piece of shit child molester, so that makes him even worse in my book. Yeah. Um, so you people are like, oh, what about Roman Polanski? And yes, like I don't condone Roman Polanski either. That was that was my pick. But <laughs> well, he's I, in horror. He made multiple he wrote, horror. Yeah, movies, he made so. Rosemary's Baby. But I feel like I can hate him, but appreciate his body of work because he yeah. he's actually a really great filmmaker. Yeah, and he's actually a genius. But. Yeah, yeah it, it pissed me off that my favorite movie, Gladiator. Like it's like he made it. Like, that's what yeah. pisses me off so much about him. Yeah, that I like. I love that movie still. And I guess, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's even, like, a gray area between, like, Roman Polanski and Victor Silva. What I will say is that I, I've read interviews with at least the, the young girl that Roman Polanski was with um, <clears throat> at her current age. And she doesn't vilify him. Now, it doesn't change other people's opinions about right. it. It doesn't make it right. No. But I feel like, I feel like Victor Silva's 
crime was like way worse um, in the grand scheme of things. And he's just a shitty filmmaker boot. And he's fucking ugly. Yeah. So if you ever see a picture of this guy, like... <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks he, like Creep Central. Yeah, like. He, he's Creep Central. He looks like he has a fanny pack full of roofies. Yeah. It's <laughs> just, ready to, just ready to go. He drives the grape van, kids. Yeah. <laughs> he drives the grape van. The, the free candy van. The free candy, free... Yeah. Free, free mammographies. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I, I actually read something that there might be another allegation about Polanski coming out uh, from like before even that incident. So we'll see. Uh, Which is unfortunate. I was wondering in a sidebar, like, <clears throat> I was wondering why Jack Nicholson never got brought into that because wasn't he there during that whole thing? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I know, I mean, yeah, I don't. Roman Polanski was my favorite, like, until I found out he was my favorite yeah. director for the longest time. Um, I mean, the dude, I mean, knife in the wall. I mean, he just, he was a genius, but, you know, was, once that happened, I was, I had to separate myself and yeah. be like, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's hard yeah. now when I'm going to choose somebody who's not a child molester and I'm going to seem like super petty. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that. I just, I, but no, I, I, I had a really. Catherine Heigl. <laughs> I guess what, what really annoyed she me. She is super hateful. Like, yeah, what really pissed me off too is like, I didn't know that uh, about his crimes for like the longest time. Mm-hmm. So I really was like, wow, like. Jeepers Creepers is a really cool movie. Like, yeah. I want them to do more. I want it to be successful. It's such a hard, like, pill to swallow when you when you do like a movie, but you don't want the director to be successful yeah. at that movie exactly. because you don't want him to get any, yep. like, any resources whatsoever for yeah. that movie. I feel like, personally, like, anything he makes from this movie, I would be perfectly fine supporting that movie if anything he made went to, like, victims' funds or something yeah, like that. exactly. Like, I would be out buying tickets, like, the next yeah. movie. Yep. Um, and the series went to shit, and it could have been really great as well. And maybe part of that is because of the fact that like nobody wants to work with this guy, and every time you go in a press junket or talk about it, it's people like, by the way, we don't condone the actions of Victor Silva. Yeah. It's like to have to say that every time you go out to promote yeah. a movie, it fucking sucks. But I don't know why. Like, I mean, you know, most studios they own the rights to the film, the franchise. Like, why do they still need him involved? Yeah. What kind of legal things keep him involved in their franchise? But I mean, here's um, the thing: you just scrap it and reboot it. Yeah. And with a different yeah. different director. I actually, we should make a whole podcast. I have so many questions about <clears throat> the Jeepers Creepers series and why it's called Jeepers Creepers and why it's about, like, there's so many questions. Why, <laughs> but, is, he, why is he called a creeper? And, yeah, and like, I just, like, and why, if he has wings, why does he need a car? Like, there's so many. So <laughs> and many, where did he learn to drive? Exactly. That's, that's what I want to know. Who got a It's so yeah. stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, and does he, did he go to the DMV to register exactly. that like so to it, that license plate? It's always like, weird seeing like yeah. like they, like someone like a monster like that use technology of yeah. some sort. Yeah. It just doesn't make like, it doesn't add up. Do you think he's got a Tinder profile? <laughs> just wondering. He shares one with Victor Silva. Oh. <laughs> Creeper 2.0. Exactly. No, I mean there that's was... that's that is a good point. And you don't really think about that when you're watching the movie, but um there yeah, there's just so, a lot of things don't it's a it's a weird movie, but yeah, and I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe it's just. And why not move? I never understood that about a lot of thing, a lot of places. Like, it just seems he's victim, like victimizing, like uh, uh, terrorizing. I should say, like one area. Yeah, just move. If you know he's coming. Oh, you see, I see. That was the thing is I could never figure it out because he had the one place in the first movie where he dropped all the bodies, mm-hmm. and then. But then at the end, he flew away to somewhere like entirely different, literally yeah. on an industrial factory yeah. or something like that. So like, I don't know where the fuck the guy lives. Actually, he's got no forwarding address. Like, you know, let's unpack all this. Let's yeah. really just de- yeah. spend the next hour just delving just, into this. I, I feel like that you could dedicate a whole podcast to like the 
I think there's a lot of horror movies that are like that. That like you want to dig deep, but then you're like, well, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Do y'all want to want? Do y'all want to do Castle Rock next week or Jeepers Creepers? Why can't we do both? Split yeah. 50 yeah, I can. Okay, I'm down. I guess okay. we're watching Jeepers Creepers. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll send you the reminder, James. Yeah. Who, so, who do you who, fucking hate? Who, who is so your, like, who's your petty? I, 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 I'm so excited to hear this. Well, so I don't. Again, I don't think I. I don't know enough of these people to truly hate them. There's yeah. a lot of dudes that just get into my skin. Yeah. Okay. A lot of them are just like like Charles Band, Rob Zombie, Eli Roth. People that just seem like I don't. You seem kind of like a douche. Like I feel like if I hung out with you, I might want to choke you. Uh, Rob Zombie is notoriously just cantankerous and cranky and kind of just always grumpy but i can kind of i think the opposite of him anyway go ahead oh no he's a notorious dickhead he love he has this group of friends he works with but he's he he's so snide and he's so i don't want to drop this thing on the table but i know people who know him like i i have people that know people who've worked with him i met him before he was famous but like it is when he was white (laughs) he does seem like just very much like where he was just rob he just like kind of like he's always kind of a sour ass but at the same time you know, that, that's fine. Like, again, like, that doesn't make you a bad person. Right. Being so, especially, like, having to do with the press and fans. Like, I don't, like, David Cross is one of my favorite comedians. He's personally been a dickhead to me three times. But I'll still support him because I don't care. It's like, he seems fun. He seems like he could be a dick. Yeah, he's a God, super dick. I want to hear those stories, too. Yeah. Well, we'll do, we can discuss them off the podcast. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so there's Zombie. Eli Roth seems like, I don't know, he, that guy seems like he... That dude seems like there's some scandals in that dude's closet that haven't come out yeah. yet. He's, um, he's like the Joe Francis of horror. <laughs> that's I mean that's what every time super quiet. <laughs> every time I see him, that's that's all I think about is like you, you. And he's like friends with a lot of known. Like he's friends with like Tarantino and a bunch of other dudes that are kind of creepy. Um, and I also think like Eli Roth, like he, he like like Zombie. I respect that he loves horror movies so much, but he also doesn't have the greatest track record track record of making good horror movies. Um, he'd like 50-50. Um, but I think the guy that bothers me the most, just his whole, like, he seemed like, is, um, is Adam Green. Uh, he was in that, ah, hatchet. Yeah, so, he, him as a person seems like I wouldn't want to spend five minutes with that guy. Um, <clears throat> he's like the most lowest common denominator kind of dude. He like, he's like bro horror. And like, he was on that show, he did some like sitcom-y show it was so annoying and I knew a bunch of people that loved the show but because it was like there was a horror element to it but it was so bad and he's just so obnoxious like and like his whole like what he likes about horror is I think the thing that makes me like most not like horror which is the most like the stupidest elements of horror like the I don't know he just kind of gets under my skin um, now he might be a great dude and we, I might meet him and he could be super cool it's just his persona and like I don't really I'm not a fan of his movies like I said the first hatchet I like, and the rest of the hatchets, I can sort of take or leave. There are moments in, of coolness, but everything else he's touched, I'm not a fan of. Um, yeah, I'm looking at all his movies right now. Yeah, so, but it just seemed like he's like the kind of guy that, like, like if I like heard him in conversation, like at a convention or something, I'd probably want to punch him. In the oh mouth. my god! Now I could be wrong. He could be a great dude. I don't so, know. so who's the who's the one person though? I was saying is Adam Green. Oh, Adam, he's the dude okay. that I think. Every time, like, again, like, every time I see him in an interview, he just, like, he makes my skin crawl. Interesting. He also seems like he's got a scandal or two waiting to have. He just seems kind of slimy, too. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, he, okay, so, kind of funny 
funny, not funny story to kind of reiterate your prickishness. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, he's originally from New England. He's from the Boston area. Um, and we originally tried. I We showed Hatchet at the film festival I do back in New England um, like a couple of years ago. Um, we tried to get him to come out to our to the festival because we're like you're really like a hometown guy like come on out re yeah. represent like you're not super far um and we got like a weird email from the assistant um or i got a re weird email after asking him um if just like basically kind of like we're not going to do your like piddly festival kind of like we're about above that or like you know kind of like a highbrow no and I, and i was like you know what like have you watched your movie yet? Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, have you seen your movie? Like, I like it because it's shitty, but like, it's not exactly rocket science. No. Like, yeah. at all. No. Um, so I just kind of, it's, that's, I think, what bugs me. Like, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I wouldn't want to be in a room with him for more than like, more than five minutes. Um, I think his, his claim to fame is Hatchet. Yeah. And that's all recently I feel like he's done. Yeah. Um, to did, get, to get any work. Did, I, I did IMDB him. He did the Friday the 13th game. Um, which was met with mixed reviews. The but, video game. Yeah, but I can't like it's a yeah. fucking video game. Like that's a yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, I have friends that like the video game. I didn't play. I wanted to. Then I found out the whole license thing. They lost all license thing. So that kind of no, was a bummer. But no, I mean, no, he's no the DLC. kind of dude that puts his name on shit. Like Adam <clears throat> Green's blank, and I'm like, you haven't earned that, dude. You're yeah. not Tarantino, dude. Yeah, like yeah. relax. Yeah. And the thing is, like, people were bending over to suck that dude's dick. When Hatchet came out, they were really like, this guy's the neck, he's the savior of horror. I read the no. most incredulous, like, bullshit, hyperbolic nonsense about Hatchet when it first came out. The first great, you know, slasher in 20... It's like, no, dude, he's just another dude aping a genre. Like, But he was smart enough to, like, do it with uh, Kane Hodder, and, you know, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, and the first movie had, like, uh, like one or two kind of well-known actors or actresses mm -hmm. in it. It eventually went to like Daniel Harris, like who, which like that that tells you everything you need to know when you change up your actress literally from the first movie to the second movie, yeah, um, and then the third movie, and then it's like ten years later, and you release pretty much like the same version of the first movie ten years after your original movie, and you just change the title to Victor Crowley, and you drop a surprise, and people are like, oh, "Wow, like this came out," but it's like, dude, no, this is not hard shit to make, no. Like, like the only person I really re re like recognized in the cast listing was Tony Todd. Yeah, Tony yeah. Todd's been pretty consistent. I think he died, like second or third one into it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Joel David Moore, who yeah. um, was in that as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that though. Like he he seems very much. He reminds me of a, a poor man's Eli Roth. That's yeah, and that's the thing is, like Eli Roth is like kind of a like, like none of these honestly like Eli Roth has done. Some really bad movies, but he somehow keeps his like kind of like well, I'm I'm sorry, but it's kind of like Rob Zombie. He makes shitty movies, but somehow keeps his like the 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 cachet of his name. Like somehow is like he still his name still has value. But I'm like I don't get it. Like I did like his docu series though on uh, that's on Shutter the, the. But it's like a podcast. Like it's a not right. No, it's no, it's like a uh, no like history of horror. History of horror. Yeah. I, every time I, it's I don't know. Yeah. I, I went to listen. To it. it was just audio. No, I, maybe my no, app was fucking up. I no, there is. I think there's an audio version, but there's a video version as well. They talk about zombies and stuff. Well, that's the thing is, him I like mean, zombie. Well, I mean, it's not him though. It's it, that's the thing. It's like he's a docu series. Yeah. He's just commentary. Yeah. 
Like, it's everybody else that's in, exactly. the, in the that genre. But like I said, I, I respect that he is a legitimate fan. Like, he is a fan. That's fine. That's cool. Like, him and Adam Green is a legitimate fan. Like, they're like lifelong horror fans, but they're still like... For know. you and everybody else, though. That's the thing. Is like, exactly. Just because, just, because, yeah. just because you're a fan doesn't... So is Tom one, Holland. Yeah. Tom Holland's a goddamn genius. Makes great movies, but... So I, I was I was listening to him when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how much he hates Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He hates the red tape, and he just wants to do what he wants to do and be allowed to do that. And I'm a zombie. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where maybe the cockiness, maybe where the it may no, seem like cockiness, or where he's definitely a cantankerous dude. I, I I think everybody who's in that dude's circle would say like he's notorious. Like watch even just the doc. Like there's a documentary about the making of Thirty One. Mm-hmm. He just seems like the most sour motherfucker on the earth. But again, that's fine. Like, it's not, it's not even a criticism. That's well, who he is. I don't know how you could be that sour when your wife is that hot. I don't know. That's true. Well, she just, just, just saying. I'm, well, I mean, what happened? Time know, she's wait, just time looking waits, more and more like she's uh, time waits for sucking now, the glass dick, if you know what I mean. Crack cocaine. <laughs> I call it sucking Casper's dick. Because oh. when they light it, they, when you freebase it, and you're like chased the smoke. And you're trying to suck in that. Wow, I've learned so much stuff tonight, yeah. guys. So I, I see it. I saw I saw a <laughs> relative. A, I won't say don't. which one, um, and I saw them doing. I was like, and mind you, at the time, you know, full disclosure. I, at that time, I was a cocaine addict, but never did like never did crack. You never chased that dick. Cause no, cause I saw him do that one. I was like, you look stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, I, here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing about crack. Number one. It's gonna you're gonna be chasing that ghost dick, <laughs> and then when you run out of money, you'll be chasing the real dick. That's all, that's all I'm saying. So you're, be, you're just be chasing metaphorical and literal and dick. dick. I think we just changed the name of our podcast again to "Chasing the Ghost Dick." <laughs> chasing the Ghost Dick. I love that. The Supernatural podcast. That's gotta be our first T-shirt. It's CGD PSA. Texas Podcast Massacre. Chasing the Ghost Dick. Chasing Ghost Dick. Chasing Ghost Dick. Well, all right. Well, I guess that's a good segue into our actual list this week. Oh, you know what other movie I watched this week that actually I like is a Shark Night. You ever seen that movie? No, never heard of it. Shark Night. Yeah. No, I've never seen that. Is that a real movie? Did you make that? Yeah, movie? I did not. I did not. <laughs> Folks, we're just making a movie. I just picture in my head. I just picture a bunch. It's like, it's like, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real movie. Yeah, okay. I just picture a bunch of sharks like going out in the town. That's like EDM. What was that? that <laughs> it's that, like that. It's like the Hangover with sharks. Exactly. What, what was that? Um, that cash grab after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, the cartoon, well, with the sharks. Oh, oh, Street Sharks. Street, Street, Street Sharks is dope. Street. Yeah, Street uh, Sharks is well, awesome. Street Sharks one of the most... Those figures are almost... You have to, like, fucking mortgage your home, like, to get those figures now. They're Wait, so which ones? The water ones or the actual... The original Street... The actual yeah. Street Shark figures. Oh. Because they did, like, puppets, too. They did multiple, but... I had the water puppets yeah. where they were used for water guns. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I still have those. those. Oh, yeah. shit. I just realized Sonic has... Water squirting mad balls right now, and they didn't get any! Sorry. <laughs> Damn it! Fucking mad balls! Anyways. Um... Yeah, this whole movie is about yeah Shark Night. Yeah, it, it's kind of in the vein of like the teen, like teen comp, like teen horror. Mm-hmm. But it, it's about uh, basically these these two guys put like all these all these sharks into it, like a uh, inland like shark water like a salt water like lake, and these teens that go like out like for the weekend, basically, and they what they're trying to do is like recreate Shark Week for hardcore fans. So they uh, they basically set it up and like put cameras on all the sharks and let them loose and like let them eat people. Um, so it's actually kind of cool. That's pretty crazy. Um, so it's yeah, it's just groupy kids and they're like your know, their friend, 
gets injured, so they're trying to get him off. But like every step they take, they just sharks. There's a bunch of different kinds. There's like bull sharks and hammerheads and freaking like great whites in the lake in this like bayou area. And uh, it's, it's, it, it's a pretty fun movie. This is a great scene with the guys on the jet ski and. Uh, He's like, you think he's going to get away? And this shark just fucking jumps out of the water and like bites his head off. And it's amazing. <laughs> Damn, so, dude, I might have to see this. Yeah. you. It is... Uh, it's, it's the same guy that made Waterworld. David Ellis. Kevin Costner, people. Oh, and Deep Blue Sea. Oh, yeah. dude, this dude loves... Uh, hey. He, he likes sharks. Um, it's on Netflix. I'll watch it. Yeah. And you just actually remind me of the movie I want to talk about, which I saw. The Deep one Blue I Sea. No, I watched... Uh, Waterworld. Uh, scary Stories <laughs> to Tell in the Dark. Yeah, what did you think? I fucking loved it. Yeah, thank you. Especially bought, for kids' horror. Cause I, I just bought it the other day. Dude, it's... Like, it was the, great. Yeah, it's like genuinely like well-made. Like The kids are great actors. The atmospherics are amazing. The special effects everything based off of the art are incredible. Like yeah, I all, really liked like it. Like 90% practical, too. Yeah. Nice. Um, great. It was really yeah, solid. It was, it was such a really good movie. I loved it. I saw it twice in the theater... Uh, we saw three you times. Saw anyway. th- you almost saw it three yeah, times. Yeah, we almost could make it work. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I I just bought it uh, in honor of my birthday. Yeah. So I gotta uh, go buy it. Yeah, it was it was great. I, I love the movie. I was a huge fan of the books growing up. That was just a creep me out. Um, but yeah, and some of the stories there were great. I loved the uh, I loved the the spider the zit. Oh god, that story. still bothers me. That I, I mean that just creeped the shit out of me. Um, but just solely for the fact that like I mean the. Uh, the toe, yeah. um, Harold. I guess they like had actually reshot that scene because they were originally going to go with the like original in the book, which is where like the Harold skins the the farmer alive, and apparently they they oh, were going right. to do that, but they changed it up just to kind of keep the rating. I love the fact that it was it's PG thirteen, and people were shitting on it originally because it's PG thirteen, but it's a kids book. It's like, a kids. It's it's a, it's a young adult book. So like, why wouldn't you want young adults to watch that? Yeah, like, it's a, it, that's the thing is we need more of that. We need more like gateway horror that like young people can yeah. see and sort of like really carry over to. In our, per our discussion last week, I just thought it was a really good movie. Yeah. I thought the the script was really smart. I thought the whole conceit of including like uh, the book, like the the wraparound. Story. Yeah, yeah. So, so like it was good. Like I really enjoyed it. Yeah, very happy I watched it. Yeah, me too. I really liked it. I'm I'm super excited to see where they go with part two. There's right. three books in the series, so obviously right. I think they would have to do. My my original theory is that uh that she'll start writing stories the her own stories, stories. In, the, in the book that come come to life um, nice. to try to figure out a way because she's trying to find a way to get her, her friends back. Yep. So um, I just think that was really cool. Yeah, um, that is awesome. Well, I'm glad you remembered. Yeah, yeah. Really it bothered me the whole yeah, time. Good, good, good oh, call out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, are you ready to get in some lists? Yeah, let's do it. To get into some remake. So, so uh, just a uh, fair warning, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing a top five each, not top, your regular top ten. We had a lot to unpack. This yeah, a lot, lot to unpack. So, you know, let's jump into birthday boy again. <laughs> You're up. You, you get to choose if you want to go first or does um, James James go first? Um, I guess I'll go first. Go there ahead. we I'm go. Gonna, I'm gonna start. <laughs> it, it is your birthday. I'm gonna start off with my number five. Probably very controversial. Ooh. Um, oh yeah. My, my number five top remake is a uh, House of Wax. Uh, that is my number. Shut the fuck up! Are you serious? Yeah. That's my number three. Oh, right on. All right. I, I think that movie is full, vastly full, underrated. Yes. Full disclosure. Uh, I it, it's been a rough weekend, so I didn't get to like in, okay. you know do some things, so I didn't get to check the list. and I apologize. No, about no. That. I I you know I think it gets 
this it does get a really bad rep because Paris Hilton is that's it, it. Exactly. and that's the only reason. But if you hate Paris Hilton and you want to see her get a pole spear through her fucking skull, yep. watch this movie. You know what else gets uh, a bad rap for Paris Hilton movies? One Night in Paris? Repo, gen- the genetic opera. Uh, no, Anyways. That gets all of its deserved. Anyway, uh, I was like, the simple life? <laughs> anyway. I always forget she's even in that. Um, How dare you. But she absolutely plays type in this mm-hmm. in this movie. But I just love the idea. Uh, Alicia Cuthbert um, is awesome. Yes. Uh, she's a really good final girl, too. Like she, I love Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah. She's not, she disappeared. Yeah. What's she doing? She was on that, uh, she, she was on that TV show. Chasing like, that ghost happy dick? Endings. What's she doing? <laughs> That's right. Alicia, don't chase that ghost dick. <laughs> no, get off the ghost girl. dick. <laughs> get off the ghost dick. Come back to us. Um, yeah, I just love the idea. Even Chad Michael Murray, who I really have a hard time swap, like, like handling, I was going to say swallowing, but that's after talking about Jason the Ghost Dick, probably not the <laughs> appropriate term to use, um, was really great in that movie too. Yeah. Um, I thought it was actually a pretty decent cast. It's freaking creepy. Yeah, it's super uh, fucking creepy. Yeah, I, uh, just the whole, there's this whole scene where she falls down and lands and all the deer guts. Yep. I was like, oh, like that's got to smell so bad. Um, a young Jared Padalecki yep. uh, from Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't really uh, too upset when he got what he got in there, but it was uh, just the whole process of like turning people into wax, and they're alive when they do it in some cases. And it's just fucking creepy, and just the whole, even just the whole ending of it where the house is like melting down. Oh, and that around, whole that whole scene is amazing, yep. um, and just really well done as well. Um, kind of love the little twist at the end too, like oh there was three brothers, like, and it was like the weird. Like uh, redneck guy with the dog, just yeah. a simple brother. Um, it was the normal brother. Yeah. So just the uh, as normal as you can be. Yeah. Just a quick update right. on yeah. uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah. She just finished wrapping up a show post production. Uh, Eat Wheaties. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't click on it, so I don't know what's about. Let's leave it to speculation. Yeah. Okay. And then she was on a TV series called The Ranch. Oh, oh, that's, that's why. That's right. Yeah, that's what was that? That's Ashton, the, Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. That was a Netflix and one. Dan- and, and Danny. Isn't that also um, Sean Elliott? Uh, Danny, I'm going to sexually assault you, Master. That's right. Exactly. <gasps> Captain. No. Captain. It's kind of like a. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Hide the Scientologist now. Yeah. What for real? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Man. Yeah, so that he can be legally protected when he's sexually assaulting women. Jesus. Yep. Christ. Well, that Jesus Christ is the wrong terminology for Scientology. Anyway. Right. Holy Tom Cruise! Holy Tom Cruise! Zeno! <laughs> that's right. Tom Cruise, use your witchcraft powers to put the fire out. All right. Cool. What's your number five? I'm so, I'm so happy that I just get am elated that, this landed, that my number five landed on your list. I know. And that, it's funny because I, I was going to preface this kind of the same way you did. But um, So my number five is um, the remake of uh, cat people. Oh, so I hadn't, I haven't actually full disclosure. I probably haven't seen this movie in like 10 or 15 years, but there's a whole segment, um, probably people of a certain age in the horror community who hold Val Luton, the producer Val Luton as probably one of the most important people in not just cinema history or not just horror history, but specifically, but cinema in general, he was just a really great producer who really understood art. And he had a really, his mind for cinema was unbelievable. And the original Cat People that he produced and wrote the script, helped write the script for is considered like a masterpiece mm-hmm. of, um, you know, you know um, 
tell and not show, where you 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 give people you don't show it on the screen, you give people like metaphors for what's happening or you give them like moving shadows to imply doom and danger and all that stuff and there's just a great movie one of the most beautifully shot movies of all time so i think when cat people came out the remake came out um i don't think i think one i don't i think people it was misunderstood people also compared it to the val luton film i think which did like all of that stuff was implied and like the transformations weren't um, you know, weren't on screen and stuff. They used shadows and things. Where the um, the remake, which I actually didn't know until I looked this film up today, uh, was actually written and directed by Paul Schrader, which I do not remember that at all. Uh, the, you know, famous uh, filmmaker Paul Schrader, the writer of ta Taxi Driver and so on. Uh, hmm. um, which actually knowing that kind of, kind of makes sense, but it's also very, it's a departure for Paul Schrader's films. But it's got a great cast, Natasha Kinski... Uh, Malcolm McDowell, who's great in this, John Hurd. But this movie is way more sexual. Like, mm -hmm. the original Cat People has a sensuality implied, and it's got like, a beautiful actress and stuff, but this is way more, like, everything is more on screen. Well, it's the 80s, not the yeah, 50s. exactly, exactly. And I yeah. think, again, with with a good, really good remake, you kind of have to do the kind of, like, you can't do exactly what the first it's movie upgrade. did, otherwise, what's the point? Why are you remaking yeah, exactly. it? Right. But the cast is really good. Malcolm McDowell in this is, I think, is just, like, Really underrated. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of his most nuanced performances. John, John Hurd. John Hurd is really good in it. Natasha right. Kinski, who she is one of the most, especially for the time, she is like a she is like a human feline. Um, but it's just a good movie. It's a solid movie. Um, it's it doesn't get boring, even though that concept is so kind of like what. Um, but um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't checked it out, if you haven't seen the original Cat People, check the original Cat People out. It's a fucking masterpiece. But um, I think the third, I think the remake, '80s remake by Paul Schrader was, I think, is really underrated, and I think it's like even if you don't know the first one, haven't seen it, it's still stands on its own. It's, which to me, I think that's the mark of a really good remake is you don't need to have seen the first one. Like you don't, it's like just watch the movie, let it stand on its own, and it's a good movie. Yeah, this would probably totally be, agree. This would probably be for Going Commando, but Taxi Driver or Raging Bull. Taxi Driver. That's fucking really hard for me because yeah. I love both. Um, I think Taxi Driver. Um, I don't know, man. That's hard. I love both those movies. Yeah. It, uh, like tech. Uh, uh, yeah, it's hard, man. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I like Taxi Driver. Just it makes me uneasy. Yeah, but yeah. so did I mean Jesus when yeah. when De Niro's beating up his brother, like when he's beating up Joe Pesci and like slapping around his wife, like and the whole like the, like when he's like in prison, like oh, this movie is a heartbreaker. But. It's always I always had this theory that anytime Joe Pesci and uh, Robert De Niro in a movie, Joe Pesci's getting beat the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I, Joe Pesci, clown? Am I funny? Joe Pesci is usually kicking ass. Um, yeah, with a baseball I'm super excited bag. for The Irishman, though. I'm glad yeah. to see. Joe Pesci, though, is a real-life lunatic. Um, he's oh. super paranoid. Uh, that's true. Uh, I've, we're not going to go into it, but I, a friend of mine saw him in uh, this Italian restaurant in, in L.A., and he was like, fucking off his rocker he was but, pesci and out but like he's like notorious like kind of a hermit and stuff he's a weird dude but still a great actor if you've seen the trailer oh, yeah. for the Irishman looks you have good. to be Love you have my... to be a little bit of crazy you, you have to be like more a little bit of crazy hey, you know what gotta watch out for those utes <laughs> the two utes <laughs> the two utes I was literally watching uh, my wife had never seen um, uh, my cousin Vinny oh, so I was starting watching last night she wasn't feeling did you say use guys the that's two right. utes. That's right. <laughs> My biological clock <laughs> is ticking like this. Dude, Marissa Tomei in that movie? Amazing. Marissa Tomei in any movie. Oh, I know. But that Even was, in yeah. The Wrestler. Yeah. Oh, no, she was oh, great in The Wrestler. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite movies. Best Aunt May ever. That's all I'm saying. It's the only... Uh, ever. Ever. 
Uh, Hot Aunt May, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Number right. four. That's right. All right, I hate to, uh, real quick, I hate to do this, but I'm going to do drop a... So I actually saw her in person with, of all people, I saw her at, uh, um, it wasn't Lockman, it was the SF, or the, uh, um, the MOCA in LA, they're doing exhibit, and Marissa Tomei was there with um, Denise from A Different World, like the, uh, uh, gorgeous. Lisa Bonet? Lisa Bonet, they were together, this ah. was like in the mid-2000, like 2007, 2000, oh, 2006. Man. First off, they both looked fine as fuck, but... They, but I, think dude. James, I think James just described a dream I had in the eighties. I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and no pants dream. And the and the, and the two, I'll clean your sheets dream in the two thousands, dude. I was like, I, clean I, your sheets I, I was just sweating a lot. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I was like seriously like, I like, would have wow. I, I would have been arrested just for trying to talk. I mean, not doing anything wrong, just yeah. attempting to but, talk to them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I in have person, to just talk like, to you. Anyways, but yeah, wow, anyway, good times. That's tonight, crazy. Yeah. Your turn. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, my number four is the Evil Dead remake. I almost put it on my list, but I was like, I kind of there's like three movies I didn't put on the list because I thought you would. That was one of them. Perfect, but a fucking great movie. Yeah, um, you know when you when you take a movie like the original Evil Dead and you try to remake it without probably the most iconic person that makes Evil Dead what it is. The mo- the single most famous protagonist in horror movie history. Yeah. And pretty much the one person that represents your entire film franchise. Yep. And you can make a movie that kicks ass, to your point, stands alone, um, on its own, and highlights really the Necronomica um, more than anything. It's just, like, that to me speaks volumes about, like, somebody's ability to um, be able to make make a good, solid remake. I think he, uh, Fredo Alvarez did an amazing job, like, representing that movie and it was so fucking graphic. Yeah, dude. Um, the, yep. Just, I mean, there were just so many things that were like, I think he just took what would have been done on a budget and with like way more ability for effects, like back in the Bruce Campbell heyday, and just applied it to like this this book or in this movie. Um, did an amazing job. Um, I love Jane Levy as a, she was fantastic. You know, main Mia, the main protagonist in the movie. Because you don't even know she's the protagonist, and really yep. until the end, yep. like you thought for sure this girl's fucking dead. Yeah. Like because she pretty much she's possessed through the like ninety percent of the movie, like former heroin addict, like locked yeah. in, locked in the woods. When you were originally telling the story about you going to two in uh, the cabin, I was like, did you read from the Necronomicon? Uh, <laughs> like it seems to be a mistake <laughs> or makes when they go to cabins. Um, you should always check for that. People like the Bible in the drawer. Um, but yeah, it was such a, such a great, I mean, just the, the whole, this is just a super gritty scene where the girl's like sawing her own face off yep. and just the sound yep. in there before in the you even, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, just a girl cutting her own arm off with the freaking like turkey carver. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a such solid remake. I, I'm super excited to see if they bring any of that back for the, the uh, next for, for the next one they do or tie it into the original because that's a great thing about something like where your, your book is your your catalyst is that there's nothing to say that it can't exist in the same universe as any of the other movies. Just you just have to find a way to tie it in. Yeah. And, and I like yeah. the fact that like the remake didn't go for a silly, slapsticky comedy vibe. They went like straight horror with it. And oh, I appreciate it was, that because was, you're not gonna be yeah. first of all, don't beat that dead horse. Let that do like I mean yeah. 
But but yeah, I mean, it had the whole like the whole family drama, whole friends yep. drama. Like it had a reasonable, legitimate excuse not to believe the main character. Yeah. Like because hey, she's, she's tried this before. She you know is an addict. She's trying to get away. So you're thinking to yourself like, okay, well, like we all know it's the Evil Dead, but realistically, if you were that person's friend, you probably wouldn't believe anything she said anyways. So it's just this this cool idea of like making the characters believable and still having them like. You don't care about them. Like, you want them to get away. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't. And it has great set pieces. The one thing that the original had was, like, really great set pieces where, like, you know, the tree rape and all sorts of crazy stuff, yeah. the stuff in the shed. Uh, this had some really cool set. The, 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 the blood rain, which I'd yeah. never seen in a, really in a film before. Um, just sort of some great... the. There's this moment. I have a thing with eyes. I have an eye phobia. I can't. I really can't watch people put their contact lenses without getting nauseous. So anything with eyes is really bad. And this movie has a ton of eye stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, real. Yeah, like I can't needle out of the eye. Yeah. Oh God, it's uh, sorry. Even just hearing that. <laughs> sorry, made James cringe. Noted. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so next, next week, Tank's like, I'm gonna bring. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the eye. I gave you. I gave I'm, you. I'm gonna send you in in, in our uh, wannabe Discord server, not Discord server. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna send you videos of me poking my eye. Don't you dare! <laughs> <laughs> and this was the last podcast we shit ever on your we, laptop. We did. I will take it. I, I will shit on your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's a great choice. I, so I, 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 yeah. I was gonna, again. I, I almost put it on my. Telling you, right. I know. But well, uh, it's hard because remakes. I, I feel like a lot of the remakes that I, I originally was thinking about or that, that I did put on my list had a probably high probability of ending up on your list just because the more I thought about it, I'm like, there really aren't a whole lot of really great remakes. No, and the ones that are really great are the really super obvious ones yeah. that didn't end on yeah. my list because yeah. everybody fucking knows the thing is the greatest. Re- I yeah. mean. There's all these... If you, well, we talked list. about that. I didn't yeah. put the thing on my list either, nor yeah. did I put the blob on my list. Yeah, I didn't put the blob either, like yeah. because we've talked about it so much. Yeah. But I noticed this week, really, that I have an inherent thing. No matter what kind of list we do, my version of the list is always going to be what I consider like underappreciated films on of that, like in that mode. So even though it's a list of our top, you know, the top five best remakes... My list will still always kind of gear more towards the top five underappreciated as far as I'm... Like, you know what I'm saying? I just can't stop doing that. I feel like I have to defend movies that aren't as beloved for some reason. What's your number four, then? So my number four <laughs> is uh, is Alejandra Aja's remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Ah, oh, shit. I <laughs> almost put it on my list. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, sorry, I honestly thought sorry. it was going to be on yours. I honestly thought it was going to be on Went on the tour bought the book like yeah it was almost my list yeah it's so i remember seeing i rented it and i did not expect to dig it especially at that time there was so much shit coming out at that yeah. point in the thousands but um i rented it i put it on and i immediately got pulled into it i think i actually think it's uh, aha's best movie myself i know um some people might but i mean fucking high tension fans um <laughs> but Let's I thought the there. cast was really good. I thought they casted it with like normal people. Um, although, if I'm not mistaken, is it supposed to take place in the 70s or 80s? I think so. Which kind of bug. I hate when they do that, and then they all have like modern haircuts and like. Yeah. Like, but there was a whole time like the the like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which is a which is a good remake. I I struggle with putting that one on here, but again, it's supposed to take place in the 70s, and they all look like they just fucking stepped off of like. 
you know, like New York City. Yeah, they all live like the Fashion Island, like in Orange <laughs> County. Um, that's a weirdly weirdly in California thing. But, <laughs> but if you've been to Fashion Island, you know what I mean. It's a bunch of rich kids in their twenties. Um, but anyways, uh, but the Hills of Eyes remake is great. I love the original. Um, and but this one really like it took it into like different directions. It, it added like a whole like level of like you know what like kind of explained why those mutants exist. I think Derek Mears as that version of Pluto was fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, the whole movie is this sort of washed out, almost like sepia, deserty, dusty vibe, which did I think harken back to more of like seventies films and specifically the original Hills Have Eyes, but almost took it almost to a point where it became like a specific fashion or. or, or style decision but i think it works for that if everything feels kind of dirty and washed out and kind of makes you feel a little hopeless but um i like that these like that the heroes in this or the protagonists in this kind of fought back against the mutants like it wasn't like they weren't purely victims or whatever um but i like the cast i thought the spell the all the practical effects were great um i like i said i think it was i think if i'm not mistaken it was derek mears's first real like thing he did uh-huh. as far as like his, like being in a costume I might be wrong about that um, but I think it's like if you first off I think it just caught me by surprise but I think if you really like the original Hills Have Eyes like it it really sort of pays homage to it where it needs to be otherwise it's like it's own film but keeps that vibe and like I said you're kind of explaining the mutants like when they find out like you know the whole nuclear testing thing and like how, they're sort of the result of like a fucking you know how terrible the government is and all this stuff like it was interesting. Um, I really liked it. Um, it, was, it was good. Yeah, Robert Joy does it. I, I forgot he was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's always kind of creepy anyways. Yes. Um, and what he does, he plays a lizard in that movie. Yeah. Um, who's also super fucking ki- super, creepy. And yeah. Billy Drago, which we talked about a, a while back, who just passed away. Hey. So, Rip in peace, Billy Drago. Yeah. R.I.P. Rip in peace. Rip in peace. That's a really good one, though, man. I, I toiled with not putting that on my list. Um my number three is the fly. See that? that <laughs> say, uh, it, say it. No, no, I, I wasn't on my list because I feel like the fly and uh, the two best remakes of all time are the fly and um, the, the thing. thing. Yeah. The fly is, uh, dude. I could talk about the the the, the David Cromer fly till the fucking sun went down. Like, yeah. it's my f- yeah. The movie's yeah. really and I, and perfect. I, and I, yeah, and I know we talked about it before. And I didn't put the thing on there, and I felt like uh, I, I have to either put one or the other on there, just because if we're talking about like greatest remakes of all time, right? Um, and the things I think to me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah. glad you put the fly. Yeah. So somebody's talking. About. Yeah. It just I just to highlight it again, what an amazing movie that is, and it you know part of the reason that I, it really came back up for me is I've been watching the Jeff Goldblum series. On, uh, on, Disney, on Plus. Disney Plus, I did me too. It's the great. world, according I to Jim Goldblum, that guy's such a national treasure. He's such uh, a unique. He's dude. so great, but I, you know, I can't help but look at him sometimes and think of, like he's the Brundlefly. Brundlefly. He's Brundlefly. What a great everything uh, about that fucking movie between the like rationale of the movie, um, the performance. Gina Davis yeah. is so underappreciated. Um, his, so. um, I, it's like Cronenberg was when like, oh, you guys don't think I can make like a mainstream movie? I'm gonna fucking make a mainstream movie, and he fucking crushed it. Yeah. And he went back to making weird ass shit like Crash. <laughs> um, that's true. Well, that's Crash true. is good. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, but, that's a whole other. But topic. yeah, I mean, if anybody's listening has not seen the the Fly uh, Jeff Goldblum version, you know, please go out 
first smack yourself. Yeah. Like, why even you What are you it? doing with your time? Um, but then go watch it because I promise you, like, you will not did, at, at all say you want your money or your time back. Did Stan Winston do the Brundlefly? I thought he did do the practical effects in that. Dude, that as a as an artist and somebody who, like, I have such the final form of Brundlefly is one of the most disturbing, but, oh, dude, it's so creepy. Like the little arms that come off his shoulder, the little like fibrous hairs, the hairs like yeah. oh, oh, it's so gross, but it's so great. <laughs> it's fucking great. God, I love that movie. <laughs> It was a great one. It's a good one. All right. Good choice. Yeah. What's what's your number? So three? line number three we, we already talked about is uh, uh, House of Wax. So I'm a giant Vincent Price fan. I love like speaking of the fly, um, you know he Vincent Price made movies that by today's standards might be considered a little hokey, um, but I don't think the original House of Wax is one of those movies. I think it's actually really fucking creepy. I think his performance, the original House oh, of yeah. Wax. He does a great job. Um, I mean, he's great. I mean, he's Vincent Price. Dr. Fudge is one of the coolest movies ever made. Any venue genre. Um, one of the hippest, craziest movies. But the original House of Wax is legitimately creepy. I think it's probably between that and Mask of the Red Dead. I think it's one of his creepiest movies. So when the remake was coming out with fucking Paris Hilton, I will admit, I was like, Paris Hilton? And I, I mean... I don't think she's even bad in the movie, but I was like, I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. But I was like, you know, I was like, it's lo- it's like I don't know if I rented it or I f- I might have even bought it from Blockbuster for five bucks or whatever. But I went to watch it for the first time and I was blown off. I he, I think that we've talked about this before. One of my weird things that really kind of uh, interests me or fascinates me or creeps me out is like isolated little towns in the middle of no like. Like in like two thousand one maniacs or like, the, like it's this little podunk town in the middle podunk, of nowhere. Surrounded by trees, but it's like this adorable little town. It's like yeah, it's obviously a set, but I'm so fascinated by this little town and like all the architecture in the town and stuff. But um, I went into this movie thinking I was going to hate it, and I, I in the, one of the rarest of times, I finished watching the movie. I just replayed it from the beginning, like back, wow. rewatch it back to front again. Just be like, I wanted to see different sequences and like. It's one of the things where, like, because the the main, the, like, protagonist, or the antagonist, the brother, who does the most of the hunting, he's so human, he's like a human dude, that it's kind of like, uh, something about it just felt a little bit more like, like, oh, this could actually kind of happen, until you get the deformed brother or whatever, but, um, uh, which I also think was like a, I liked his look, and, but, um, you know, there's like there's like some sequences like when she gets like stabbed through the the storm drain or whatever. Oh yeah. And like she has to be quiet. like there's just some great, really great moments. <laughs> hey, in he cuts her finger off. Yeah, that's like, it. Yeah, he cuts cuts her finger off. The pair, like, like while her bro- while her brother is upstairs, yeah. like trying to look for her, mm-hmm. she's gonna yell, and he just fucking like oh she's sticking her fingers up through the uh, through the storm through the drain. Yeah. So like try to yeah he just reaches down like he's tying his shoe and cuts her cuts fucking her finger, finger off. off. He super glues her lips together. Yep. He just like pull her lips some up, great- pull apart. What I loved about that movie too is when you initially are watching it, you think the town has people in it. Yeah, um, that's, that's, a, that's the thing. You think it's just a weird old town with like people that don't like say anything or or one of those mysterious house of wax. But then you find out that there's nobody in this town. It's just the two brothers, and they've pretty much like animated the entire town with wax corpses. Yep. People in the windows, people crying at the in cemetery. The theater. It's just fucking that theater scene. Oh, crazy. God. Oh yeah. I mean, the theater scene is great. 
But just like when you realize that, like, no, there's a full of decaying corpses, yeah, just like, like underneath all the wax, like. And that's one of the greatest sequences is when the his like the you know the the dude gets turned yeah. into wax and the side of his face falls oh, yeah. off and you see his great effect. I mean, brilliant of yeah. special effects. Yeah, it's Jared. Yeah, Jared Padalecki's character. Yeah. They gets turned into wax, but he's still alive, and mm. they put him at the piano. The worst part is like you can see his eyes moving. He's so like, he's what? alive. His friend wants to help him, so he starts trying to peel the wax off, but like not realizing yeah. that it was scolded onto his skin. So he starts peeling the wax, he just starts peeling his skin away. It's just a fucking creepiest and thing. I think they did melded whatever limited probably practical effects with digital effects really well. I think they did it's one of the rarest cases where I think especially for the time, like the the CGI effects, horror effects were really well done. That's awesome. Yeah. I should take you to uh, where I live and you might get a similar experience. It's a very small town, uh, and you're like, the hell's going on? And the first time I was creeped out, when I moved over there, and I was like, this is weird. I'm going to die. I'm too small town. I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Um, my number two is Dawn of the Dead. That was, that was one of the ones I thought was going to make my list. Almost made my list. Almost made my list. I, I, wasn't gonna make my I list. could not put that on there either. Um, I think, again, it talks, like, we talked about... Um, the Evil Dead remake. I think when you do something as iconic as something as like Dawn of the Dead, you're either going to do one of two things. You're either going to fuck it up royally and people are going to hate it or you're hopefully going to do it justice. And I think in this case, I think they did it such great justice while still putting an original spin on it, which I thought was great. Um, the zombies were different. They weren't your typical, you know, I mean, they ran. So one of the first times ever, like in traditional horror, that you really saw zombies like fast as fuck, like just yeah. running after people, terrorizing them. I just love the whole scene in the beginning, like with the, like the little girl who comes in the room and you think she's just a little girl and then she's missing half her like lower face and just bites the fuck out of the boyfriend. Everything's like, she steps outside, everything is chaos, like in mayhem, exactly as it would be if... There was a real, real zombie apocalypse going on. And the whole idea of holding up at a mall is such a great idea. I mean, that's honestly like, I wouldn't probably shy away from going there. I think a lot of other people would too, so I probably wouldn't. But yeah. um, just the whole idea of going to a mall and kind of seeking refuge there. I, I personally think there would be a lot of like, in the world of zombie preparedness, I feel like there it's like an area of like a lot of egress. Like you probably have a lot of areas to button up. But I would just blow up the escalators. Oh, yeah. And so nobody could get up to the second level. Yeah. And then you just live upstairs. And you bolt, you bolt up the uh, exits. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah, I mean, it's less areas you have to worry about. Yeah. And you just get a, a rope ladder and just crawl down when you need it. There you go. But, anywho, that's 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 my, I'm going to Alcatraz. There's a zombie outbreak, just so if you guys know. There you go. If people can't get in, they can't get out. That's there we go. Saying. I but, like that. Yeah, I just really love what they did with it. And zombie theories are the best. <laughs> people have a big problem with the uh, A-team scene when they're making the zombie van. The, I think it's great. Why wouldn't you? I love it. I think yeah. it's great. It gets me pumped up. Yeah. The soundtrack you? is trash. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> new metal, but... It's got a whole bunch of rancid in there. Um, Let the bodies hit the foot. Yeah. 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 Um, new metal, but... Yeah, I do like the rendition of the... Uh, the like the very Sinatra version of the sickness. Though. They did yeah. That, that was by Richard Cheese. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I do... I do know Richard Cheese. He makes big band versions of pop, uh, like uh, ACDC. Yeah. Well, I really liked it. That was good. But I think still think it's Zack Snyder's best movie. Yeah, totally oh, agree. Okay. I, 
Uh, he's actually making another one, another zombie yeah. movie called like uh, like Road to the Dead or something like that or something. And nice. it's a it's a zombie heist movie about people that would go to rob a casino in Vegas while there's a zombie outbreak. Ooh. Yeah, zombie like, movie. I was it's... like, totally. I mean, that totally makes sense. Like, if there's a zombie outbreak, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm there's a couple of stops I'm hitting along the way. Pharmacy. Yes. First and foremost. But and money I, though. I, I would. Hey, you never know when the economy is going to go back up. And people are dumb enough to take money. That's the thing is there are people that will still be think money has a value. Yeah. And you can just use that even if you can use a toilet paper. Like there I we go. carry a briefcase, you will be able to buy yourself. Land of the Dead taught us a lot of things and one is Or just tell them Maine has no zombies and still runs off currency. Here you go. Okay, here <laughs> give me <right>. what <laughs> give me whatever you have. I'm gonna take your food wrap. You need to you take my money. Here's my you, million, you had to make my million dollars. Good luck carrying them the duffel bag around. <laughs> yeah, eat my zombies. Um, I would not be a good man in the zombie apocalypse. That's all I'm saying. Man, I gotta say, y'all are y'all are ex- expressing these movies uh, with some more oomph today. I appreciate that. I'm like, I'm excited to hear hear what y'all are saying. That's anyway, good. just saying. What's your number two, dude? Uh, so my number two is the Suspiria remake. I see, and I knew you were gonna put that on your list, which is why it didn't land on mine. Hello, the best. So here's the thing: uh, the Suspiria was my probably my favorite horror movie. Like. It kind of goes back and forth between a few movies like Rosemary's Baby, but Suspiria was always... Um, now, I think a lot of people like the original Suspiria for, like, the first five minutes because that's pretty much, I think, all they can remember. But Suspiria... First off, I'm mean, the world's biggest Jessica Harper fan. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not only uh, Fam of the Paradise, but also uh, the Rocky Horror sequel, Shock Treatment, which Fam is one of my favorite Paradise movies. Paradise is awesome. We could talk... Let's, we should have a whole episode about horror musicals. Um... But um, I love the original. I do think it's Argento's best movie. But it, it is kind of a slow movie. It has a really... Once you have that opening sequence, um, you know, it does have kind of a slow build. Um, you know, it, it maybe has some pacing issues that could have been tightened. And that I, I'm trying to find reasons to, to criticize it. But I love... I mean, I'm kind of stretching. But it is... I mean, it's a classic movie for a reason. But I think the... Majority of people who know it know about the bright colors, the really orangey blood they used, and then the opening sequence, which is one of the greatest, open, probably the greatest opening sequence in horror film history. But, you know, I was excited because once I heard everybody who was involved with the remake, I was getting excited. And I thought, you know, if you fixed the issues from the original film or did something using the same kind of premise but really took it, so, like, either further or went real outrageous with it, I'm like, you could do something interesting. And that's exactly what I feel like the, the filmmakers did. Um, first of all, the cast is incredible. Um, you know, you can't, you can't go wrong with the cast that they have. But my, first off, the original movie is known for its, like, really bold, you know, um, original color choices, these vibrant, crazy colors. Um, I love the fact that the filmmakers were like, we're going to do the opposite. Everything's going to be very drab, gray, beiges, very, like, downer colors. Because you're not going to outdo the original colors, and if you try to do the same thing, you're just going to come off as, like... Um, and if you want to get down, you just uh, you get Tom York to do the soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. Which I love the soundtrack. Yeah. I know some people talked so much shit on it. I personally thought the soundtrack was really good. Spoke to the tone of the movie though, and yeah. I think that was, I a, it was, that was appropriate. Did Tom York really do the soundtrack? Yeah, he oh, did the wow. soundtrack. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, but the movie. First off, the movie is straight up fucking bananas. Like, there's some like the sequence when like the girl is dancing, and she's basically like there's some sort of like psychic control that her dancing is doing that's affecting this other girl um 
and like her body is contorting and breaking and shit. That's one of the most disturbing scenes oh, I've yeah. seen in like 20 years. I mean, especially the last shot where the girl is completely just broken. It's so fucking disturbing. But um, it's like this, like, it's so artistically done. Like, all the choices, everything they do, the way the camera is set up, all of the angles, like, the placement of all the characters. Everything is telling you the story um, more than just the script and all the dialogue. You know, the story is being moved along by so many things at the same time that you really have to... It's a movie that's asking a lot of the audience, which is... I appreciate that. Like... Don't just give me everything, like, you know, don't just throw everything out, out there. Like, kind of, like, make me involved in the film. Um, it's very poetic and kind of, like, surreal, which I can appreciate. But the last 30 minutes of it is just incredible. I think it's creepy. Um, like, I feel like I feel like it's the closest thing I, I've seen to... Um, uh, I've seen to, like, a legitimate, like, art house horror film. Uh, of the last, like, I, don't know. I mean, people can say that about Hereditary and other films, but I think the Suspiria me yeah, kind of blows them all. It's way different, in yeah. my in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think it's way different. And on top of that, too, when you have to replicate something that's very like very artistic yeah. and iconic in the first place, and you do it, but just do it in a different way, but still keep the the value of like it being very original. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. There are just some <laughs> scenes there that are just absolutely like mind blowing. Yeah. Um, they did a great job. I mean, it just shows you what you can do with a little bit of time and money, too. Um, but I know there's a lot of shit when people <laughs> said it was coming out. But yeah. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually liked it just as much as I did the first one. Yeah, so. I think it's it, I, it's so such an accomplishment of its own right. It almost doesn't even need the Suspiria title. Um, and I like what they changed. You know, the original, it's ballet. This one, it's more interpretive modern dance. Yeah. My biggest compliment is, like, the whole, like, this whole, like, Faustian uh, dance thing that they're doing. Uh, that they're like they're tr that they're tr that the uh, the dancers in the film are sort of practicing towards the actual like production of it. I would pay a lot of money just to see that actual dance they the do reinterpreted the, the pole performance. Yeah. The costume, everything of that performance is incredible. Suspiria the musical, <laughs> but I, I really I feel like it's I think it's I think it's so vastly underappreciated, and I think it's really maligned un unfairly, and I think it's misunderstood. But I know like. The few people I know who do enjoy it really enjoy it. So, as they should. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Well, birthday boy, Num number one, number one. <laughs> <laughs> My number one is uh, Fright Night. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> I think uh, you know Fright Night. You can't can ever beat the original, right? At all, but I feel like if you could, if you could at least match the original. In regards to the characters and just the the tone of the movie, like you're doing it justice. And I felt like they did a really great job at doing like Tom Holland's original yeah. like justice movie. You really liked the characters, and that was the one thing. It's like you believe that you know Dave Franco is a douchebag. <laughs> uh, you believe Anton Yelton as kind of the like slightly popular than your nerdy friend kid. Yeah. Um, you know, you definitely believe that his girlfriend, actually, this is the part I thought was more believable than the first one, was that his girlfriend is way out of his league. Yeah. And the, and the first one, it was Marcy from uh, Amanda Beers yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Mary with Children. Great lady, great actress. Great, great lady, but great. I just, the whole idea that, like, she is out of his league, I was like, what the fuck planet are you living know, on? Dude. Like, no, yeah. you're you're like the other friend in most movies. Like, yeah. you're, you're like the sidekick friend. <laughs> like, you're, she's beautiful. 
Love her, she's a great actress, but like the whole idea of like yeah. this is somebody that's under your league. I, I felt like she not was buy really it. cast. But. Imogen Poots, like, yeah, absolutely. I totally believe that she was yeah. way out of your league. Um, <laughs> it's way out of a lot of people's leagues, but I, it was such a great movie. And, you know, I'm not a huge Colin Farrell fan, but right. I thought he did a fantastic job playing, like, playing Jerry the vampire. Um, he does, and the whole idea was Jerry's supposed to be this sexy, good looking guy that people are unassuming. That can pat you on the back and tell you everything's going to be okay, and and he does that a couple times in the movies, um, and you just believe he's just this single dude living in Vegas, yeah. like, and he's just getting the ladies and working night construction, and who cares? But I mean, to to I think you mentioned this before, James. It's like Vegas is a perfect spot for perfect. A, a vampire movie, um, short of like short of Alaska and Thirty Days of Night. Um, I mean, it is is the primary spot if you're going to be a vampire. Like that's where I would go. Um, it's or like Alaska. Vegas. Well, that's like I mean, yeah. you know, like they've like, you know, it, it, I think you'd have more fun in Vegas. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is too, it's like you have a much bigger food supply in. Hell yeah! yeah. You're I, a vampire, dude. Everybody fr- yeah. freezing their titties off. Yeah, like, David <laughs> in yeah. Juneau, Alaska. <laughs> I mean, David Tennant did such a great job playing Peter Vincent. Um, you know, and I mean, um, is it not Peter O'Toole. See, I don't know. The guy played uh, Peter Vincent in the original. Um, he did such a great job, but he was just a very different Peter Vincent. But equally, he's kind of, I don't want to say fraudulent in, in his approach. He was, he was, you know, he was character They're both, yeah. I mean, the thing yeah. is, like, I love like, Roddy McDowell in the Roddy original. Roddy McDowell, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's, my only real problem with it is that I still wanted it to be like a horror host-y type character. Yeah. But realistically, those don't really exist too often anymore but it makes sense like but to means, have in vegas to have a vegas showman david blaine you yeah. know uh christopher angel type fucker like yeah. that's out there um i just love the fact that he gets drunk and buys things on ebay yeah. like for vampire memorabilia but he's got a great he's collection. just so fucking tr- like he had, he's so charismatic and so funny that he honestly didn't even like he could have been playing a fucking plumber and i still would have been engaged in his character because he he's so like he's so david yeah. tenant yeah, he is <laughs> You fucking cow. <laughs> but dude, like, you know, the one thing that makes a good movie is like, does it have a really strong script? Like, you can take any piece of shit movie and like, fuck it up with directing or bad acting, but ultimately, like, if something has a good script, that script is going to come through no matter what. Even if the acting is bad, even if the, the, the directing is, is amateur. The movie just has a good story. Like, it, everything makes sense. Even the evil end piece, which I find... That, like, I know we talked about this before, like, McLovin, not the, the favorite character yeah. for that role, but the story behind it. In the original, you don't ever get the sense that, like, that evil Ed is, like, this picked-on kid, yeah. right? He's like, a weirdo. He's, he's, got, yeah, he's a weirdo, but, like, he Charlie Bruce is his friend. Yeah. He has a friend. He's more he just has, annoying. He's <laughs> just kind of annoying. Um, whereas this, like, you know, the, um, you know, McLovin's character um, plays evil Ed. He, he's ostracized. He only had two friends, and one of them went missing, and the other one kind of outgrew him. So he's got nobody, and he just constantly gets his ass kicked every day. Like, I totally would understand why he would want to be a vampire. It makes the appeal of, like, Jerry offering him the uh, ability to be immortal yeah. and to, like, be in charge and be able to kick some ass, like, way more appealing in my, in my like, personal opinion. Um, that's, to your point, it's great script writing. And the acting's great on top of that. Yeah. So, 
I'm just saying, Tony Cleddy does always does a She's great, always amazing. great job as well. Um, so yeah, I thought it was just so much better. There's um, there's like multiple sequences in that like the whole every as soon as like one I like how like in most movies the mom would not basically not believe it and like she would invite Jerry into the house when they're begging they're like don't do it not in this movie Tony Clutch like no I'm gonna actually believe my kid no fuck you Jerry the vampire stay yeah, outside my house call, call the police so like that's already interesting but then they take it further like he's smart what's he gonna do he's gonna make them fucking get out of the house. How's he do that? By tearing up the fucking gas line. Just like using his vampire-powered, his yeah. strength. I love that scene, too. Just digging, 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 throwing rocks there. What's he doing? What's he doing, What's he doing, he doing back there? To my lawn? Just pulls up the gas line, like, cut, cuts it in half, and, like, yeah. lights a match. And, like, lights Genius. It. Yeah. The whole thing with the car, even yeah. when the Chris Sarandon comes out of his car. I, I love that. But, like, everything. I mean, I used to not like Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell either. And then I saw In Bruges, and I was like, oh, he's yeah. fucking really good. And then I yeah, saw I this. Like and I movie. But, um, I, yeah, it's one of those movies did not expect to like. Um, Anton Yelchin is so likable. Goddamn, rest in peace. That's really sad. Yeah. There's actually a documentary coming up about him. Yeah. Up about him. It's, love, I mean, it's just, love Anton, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's great in it. I thought, like, Imogene Poots was, like, yeah. she's that, like, kind of, like, almost impossible. Like, she's super pretty, super cute. But, like, it, like she's just a sweetheart who really wants, you know, who really likes her boyfriend. I don't know. Just it, yeah. It's a great movie. Um, I love the two of them just as a side note in uh, the green room as well. She, yes. She's even adorably attractive, like, even she, when she's playing a neo-Nazi. Dude, I actually thought she was... <laughs> so hot. Actually hugger in that yeah. than in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, like, it's just a great movie. My only thing with Ian McLovin was just the fact that he's called evil, like, his, he's evil Ed, but there's nothing evil about that. He's just, like, yeah. nerdy Ed, but... Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, great movie. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it on the podcast yeah. before. I'm... I'm a big fan. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting, though, because you, you say, you talked about it on the podcast before, you're number one. It's mm. really crazy. And I can't believe you chose The Fog. What? <laughs> uh, was that a joke I don't get? I was, I was like, you better not have chosen The Fog. <laughs> oh, no. That remake is awful. Like, like The only thing I like about it is it. the end. The end is crazy and it fucks with your head yeah. so much. That's it. Anyway. But it's yeah. a joke. I was like, what? I was like, I thought, did I give you the wrong, did I type the wrong? <laughs> You're all, are these five worst remakes? <laughs> um, so my number one, which I do, I put it up there with The Thing and The Fly, which mm-hmm. is the, uh, the 1978 re, uh, 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 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. First off, greatest ending in cinema history. I will fight you if you disagree. Nope. Um, Donald Sutherland is the creepiest human being. He's the creepiest person to ever be in film. Even when he's playing like heroes like this, don't look back, don't look now. Um, he's like creepier most times in the villains of the movies. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> but like, first of all, the movie has what I like to call the triumvirate of uh, weirdo, the like, Jeff Goldblum. You got Jeff Goldblum, Leonard Nimoy, and Donald Sutherland. That's a bunch right. of tall weirdos. That's right. But like tall intellectual weirdos. But um, the movie's fucking amazing. Um, set in San Francisco in the 70s, so right there I'm already kind of loving it. But um, takes that pod people presence, really kind of ups the ante. Mm-hmm. Um, the It kind of like, you can't like the whole like, you know... Uh, paranoia that sets in and like you can't trust anybody and all the like the the, the special effects in it there's like that like creepy like uh, like dog pod person thing yeah um, it's just a great movie like acting is great uh, Jeff Goldblum for his minor role is great in it Larry ne- I love that they have like just they have that like 
intellectual parties in like Victorian homes <coughs> in San Francisco, and like it's it's just a it's such a pleasant watch. Like you just watch it like for the acting, for the smart dialogue, and then once the story gets really going, and you know. Um, it's sort of like they're they're basically trying to get away from something you can't get away from these aliens who've basically they're you know completely you know uh, found their way to like take over humanity. You don't know who you can trust. The last shot with, with Donald Sutherland and like you know doing the whole. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, it's so creepy and the noise they make. Yeah. That's the thing is that noise they make is so fucking. That's such a perfect like. Oh, it's so creepy and yeah, weird. Yeah, it, it's just so weird too that they like they have to. Like walk around emotionless to try mm. to like blend in, yeah. and like the can't show any emotion. Can't show any emotion, and she does that for so long, and then she's like so excited to see her friend. Like, oh my god, you made it! Yeah. and then like, and fuck you, it's not her friend. Yeah, of all, all. and of all the people, like, because you, I mean, it's you're following Donald Sutherland through this whole film, and then like you see him, and you're like, oh, he survived, and then like it's uh, yeah. so and just this a look at his face, yeah, just it's it's so creepy, hundred uh, percent spot on. Yeah. Like, would not disagree with you at all. Yeah, it's such a great remake. Um, of the original, and yeah, it's, it's just to your point, like has great actors in it. It's one of those weird because even like so. It's a very young Jeff Goldblum. Um, the original is great. I love the original one. Really great movie. Um, the seventy-eight one is really good. Um, there was another remake in the nineties. There was Invasion with Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that one, but like it seems like even if, even like the lesser known or, or lesser regarded remakes aren't bad movies. Somehow that. They continue to make pretty solid films of that premise, but it's just a creepy thing. It's especially, it's very, you know, the whole idea of pop people, people who are like, you know, it, it kind of feeds into like our thoughts about modern government and like, um, you know, control, being and controlled by like, you know, like Big Brother and these. Very political. Very political. And it always seems to be timely. Gotcha. But, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, well, thank you very much for listening in today, today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to, to Shopify, Spotify, and iTunes. We really do appreciate it. And if you're just listening to the horror podcast, you don't listen to any other episodes, happy Thanksgiving, guys. That's right. And then we'll see you next week. That's right. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, 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 gobble motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.